This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest Liverpool.com podcast. I'm your host Mo Stewart and I'm delighted to be joined by Ben Bokchak and James Martin. I'm particularly delighted to be joined by James Martin because it's my favourite show of the season. This is the show where we decide who is going to finish where in the Premier League table for 22-23. It's the one that you've all been waiting for, where we get to put our heads on the chopping block for real. James, last season... You, you made some good decisions and one obviously spectacularly wrong decision. For those of you who aren't aware, James decided the Leeds was going to finish sixth in the league last year. So um, have you got your head on straight today? How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling a little bit frustrated that Matt's weaseled his way out of this one. Uh, I guess, <laughs> uh, editor's privileges, he, his decisions won't get uh, subject to the same uh, scrutiny from last season. But uh, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully Ben has some spectacularly bold picks for this season that maybe takes the heat off me a little bit. But no, no, I'm pleased to be back on. It's one of my favourite shows to do. So excited to get cracking. Well, Ben, you have the reputation as being one of the ones with maybe some of the hotter takes that we have on this show, maybe some of the the more outlandish ideas. So are you ready to kind of mix it up here or are you going to play it safe on on your debut? I mean, we'll see, but I'll, I won't give away too much for now. But I, I think I do have some surprising, perhaps, selections. Well, I, I genuinely can't wait. The beauty of this show is that none of us know what the other ones have picked until you do. So you're going to get to find out all at the same time. Um, we've decided to split the league into three sections. Uh, you're going to deal with the bottom seven, uh, then the middle seven, and then obviously the top six. And to make it a little bit more exciting for you, we're going to start at the bottom. And considering this is my idea, um, I feel like I should go first, you know, lead from the front. I don't have a captain's armband on, but you can imagine it's there. So without any further ado, it's time for me to reveal who I've got in my bottom seven. So starting from the bottom three, uh, I think Brentford, Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest are going to be the teams to get relegated. Then I've got... Fulham just escaping on 17th. Above them is Leeds in 16th. Southampton in 15th. And Everton in 14th. Now, I really did, I really did consider putting Everton lower down. But unfortunately, I do feel like they have enough quality to eventually get their act together. So there you have it. That's my initial bottom seven. So, Ben, making your debut on the show, I'll come to you first. Is there anything of those seven that you would particularly contest? Any of those teams that jump out of you? Yeah, I'm surprised by Everton. I think that they finished quite high on your list. Uh, and I think as well, Brentford, I'm surprised you have them relegated because I think they've strengthened relatively well this season. And, uh, you know, they had a strong debut campaign in the Premier League. And I kind of expect them to continue doing fairly decent. I kind of expect them to float around the mid-table sort of positions. I, I think they, ha- they have a good manager in Thomas Frank. Uh, Ivan Tony towards the end of the season was really starting to, you know, get used to the Premier League and acclimatise to the division. And I think, yeah, I, I think I see a, a lot more potential in them than you do, Mo. Well, I mean, I want to say from start a lot, 
I didn't like making this pick because I really do like Brentford and I hope that I'm wrong on this one. My reasons are partly due to the fact that obviously they've lost Christian Eriksen, who was massive for them towards the end of last season. He was what arrested the slide that they were in. And the second reason is the slide that they were in. They went on that long period last season where they could not get a result. And yes, Ben Mee's coming in is probably going to improve them, but we have seen a lot in the Premier League over the last few years, teams who have a good year. And that second season in the league is actually a lot harder than the first one. And I feel like they might be the ones who fall into that trap this time. Okay, so there we have it. That's my bottom seven. You can talk about it amongst yourselves and discuss who else should be there. I will make another mention of Everton, by the way. They do look like they might slightly struggle for goals. That was my main caveat. If there's a big injury to Calvert-Lewin, then they definitely drop down a few places. But I'm also believing that they're going to get rid of Lampard pretty quickly, get someone in a little bit more competent and suddenly starts to look a little bit better. So, Ben, let's go to you for your bottom seven then. Yeah. Uh, so I have Bournemouth finish 20th, Everton 19th, Fulham 18th, Nottingham 17th, Southampton 16th, Leeds 15th, and Leicester 14th. I just think, yeah, I, I really think Everton are going to struggle this season. Um, in terms of why I kept Forest up is because I think they've made some shrewd signings this summer and I think Avenue and I think Neko Williams will be really good as well. And I think they'll, they just have enough to sort of scrap uh, staying up. And yeah, in terms of Leeds, Southampton, I think Leicester is an, an interesting one as well. But I just think they've stagnated so much under Rodgers. I honestly see them dipping even further below where they were last season because they haven't really strengthened and they just continue to stagnate and, and almost regress under him. So that's why I have them 14th. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, James. <laughs> there really is. Um, let's start with Leicester, since you finished with them. Now, they are the only team in the Premier League yet to make a senior signing so far at this transfer window. Uh, they didn't make Adamola Lookman's uh, loan permanent, and I thought that he'd done quite well. There is a lot of talk of stagnation around there, a lot of unsettlement maybe from the fan base about where they are. Do you buy into what Ben's saying here? Do you think it's going to be another season of struggle? Uh, to, to a certain extent, yeah. I, I think that's one of the, the less controversial picks of the set we've just seen, put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, especially if um, James Madison ends up leaving Newcastle have been strongly linked and he was one of their, their best performers in what was quite an underwhelming season. So... I could see them struggling. I think they'll probably drop off further from last season, whether it's as far as 14th, I'm not so sure. Obviously, since they, they won the league and got that Champions League revenue for, for a season after that, they they have built a squad that, in theory, should be too big to, to fall that far down the table. But, of course, Everton sort of slightly disproved that last season with their expensively assembled squad of mediocre players. So, um, yeah, it, it, could, it could happen, but... I'd have them a little bit higher, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see it. So who who are you going to rip Ben apart for in that list? Well, I'm not ripping him apart for anyone because like I say, the heat is now off me. I could I can name Leeds top <laughs> again and no, no one's going to be acting <laughs> an island. Um, yeah, I mean, Everton 19th, we'd all, we'd all enjoy that season, but I, I can't see it happening. I think last season was almost, if you could 
you know, imagine the, the worst conceivable Everton mm. season. It basically happened and they still didn't go down. I think the financial realities of the Premier League, among other things, it makes it hugely unlikely that a team like that will face the drop. It could happen. You know, if a couple of things had gone differently last season, then we would have been looking at an Everton relegation. But the fact they were so bad and still stayed up, I think it, it shows that they are... I mean, I won't say too big to fail because, I mean, for one thing, they did fail. For another thing, you know, maybe, maybe they'll go down. And and like we say, no one really seems to rate Frank Lampard too highly on this show. So if they stick with him for too long, maybe they'll be in a bit of trouble again. But I, I think more likely is they'll somewhat improve. They're not going to go flying up the table, but I think they'll they'll keep their heads above water once again. Yeah, a, a popular pick from Ben maybe playing to the audience a little bit. <laughs> But not necessarily realistic. Okay, James, let's look at who you've got going down. Yep, so uh, starting from the bottom, got Fulham, uh, Nottingham Forest in 19th, Leeds in 18th, I've learned my lesson, Uh, (laughs) Bournemouth 17th, Brentford 16th, Southampton in 15th, and then Everton, as you can see, all the way up in in 14th. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's notable that what would have been that what we were saying would have been a very disappointing season for Leicester represents what would be you know quite a solid campaign for Everton, which shows how just how far they dropped last season. When it, if you think at the start of that campaign, you'd probably have said them and Leicester were competing for you know similar-ish slots. But yeah, I, I had them a fair bit higher up, as you can see. Brentford, yeah, I agree with the the discussion that that Ben was having on them in in your set of picks, Mo. I think they'll. They'll do okay. I think they'll they won't necessarily build on last season. Ericsson is a big loss, but I think they'll they'll have enough about them to stay up. Um, like you say, second season syndrome is very much a risk. I don't have them shooting up the table like I did with Leeds last time. <laughs> Again, lessons learned maybe. But yeah, Leeds looked like they were really struggling last season. They brought in Jesse Marsh and concerningly it really didn't seem to make all that much difference. He came in, I think he got a win in his first game and then it was just really poor results, poor performances. Uh, and yeah, it's, it, you know, he was not successful when he went to Leipzig. He, he's now bought in a lot of his old players and yeah, none of it bodes particularly well. I, you know, it's possible they, they stay up and, you know, I was tempted to put Bournemouth down there, but it's a bit dull, isn't it? Putting the three promoters <laughs> to go down, and also it very rarely happens. So yeah, I went with Leeds as the one. To... You just got down on Leeds now because you got burned by them last season. That's all. It's like, look, every <laughs> Leeds fan who watches this is just going to be scowling at you now. They're going to be ripping their James Martin posters <laughs> off the wall, and they don't know what to do with themselves. In all seriousness, um, I do like the look of the two young Americans they brought in, Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson. I also slightly think that losing Cal Phillips might not necessarily be the worst thing in the world because I think the way Jesse Marsh wants to play isn't really Phillips's game. So we might see something different from Leeds. That's kind of where I'm going with believing that they can avoid relegation. But again, I feel like mostly sensible picks there. Well done, everybody. Uh, let's move up a section into the middle third. Now, this one's a really hard one to call because for most of the time, you could make a case for all of them being everywhere. But in terms of being the best of the rest, the top, I've got Newcastle United in seventh. I can hear the screams already. Uh, West Ham in eighth. Crystal Palace improving to ninth. Leicester City falling to tenth. Brighton in eleventh. Aston Villa in twelfth. And Wolves in thirteenth. Now, 
again, a lot of those you could quite happily convince me to swap around a few. But I do think that both Newcastle and Crystal Palace and to a certain extent Brighton are teams on the up. I feel like Leicester and Wolves are currently in a bit of flux. And Aston Villa, I genuinely don't know what I'm going to see from them. So I've kind of played it safe with them. Okay, so James, I'll ask you this time about my selections. I, without seeing yours yet, the headline article really there is Newcastle in seventh. I'll allow you to say that. So, well, how do you, where do you see this going? The whole Newcastle situation. Yeah, I don't think you'll be miles off with that. It's, it's always a question, isn't it? How, how quickly will, will things change? You know, it's it's a similar scenario to when Man City first became flush with cash and everyone was it was just impossible to even envisage them as a top four side, let alone an eventual title contender. So if, if you know if you were doing a prediction show on their first season post takeover, you'd probably have been, you know, a little bit worried about putting them as high as seventh even. But you know, it money changes things remarkably quickly in the Premier League. So um and well in everywhere really. So yeah, it's I don't think it's it's wildly wrong. You look at their business and you don't see any necessarily standout names, but I think that's probably a good thing in the mm. sense that you look at, again, to go back to Man City's early business, there was such a focus on let's get in someone exciting, let's get a, a headline name. It was almost just trying to make a statement more than trying to build a team. Mm. Obviously, Robinho ended up coming in, didn't he? And, you know, didn't do especially well. He did okay, but, it, it, you know, it was, wasn't part of the, the long-term City revolution, put it that way. No. Um so, yeah, I think Newcastle are probably doing better business quicker than Man City did. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see them up at the right end of the table sooner rather than later. No, I think that's fair. I think, from my mind, Newcastle are trying to do it almost like the second wave of Manchester City, the Mark Hughes wave, where he went for Shea Given and Craig Bellamy, Gareth Barry, James Milner, those kind of guys. I see a little bit of that with the way Howe's planning it. And to be honest, the way that they've been able to do it over the course of last season, get a few of them in there now be able to start again and defensively that's where they look like they've made the massive leap they basically got an entirely new back five from the start of last season and uh they needed it okay james uh what have you gone for your middle section okay so we've got it coming up here so you see i've got newcastle fairly high as well but just starting from the bottom there palace in 13th wolves in 12th leicester in 11th aston villa in 10th West Ham ninth, Newcastle United eighth, and then Brighton up in seventh. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what you guys think in terms of the standout picks there. I think Brighton is as the kind of best of the rest is probably one that will come under a bit of scrutiny. But um, I think they had a, a strong season last season. Even the the year before that, their underlying numbers were very good, and it's only in the last campaign that they sort of started turning that into results. I think they're on a very encouraging trajectory under a very good manager. So this could turn into my leads for this season, but I, I think I think it's a good pick. Newcastle, as I say, I also have them quite high up. Villa's a very interesting one under Steven Gerrard. Um, I, I agree with you to an extent, Mo, in the sense that it's hard to know what to do with them at all. But I, it's easy to forget that they are one of the richest teams in the league now and they've spent quite well this summer. Um, again, maybe not quite as headline names as, as in January when, of course, they got Coutinho on loan, but making that permanent for much cheaper than, than Barcelona wanted was a good piece of business. Getting Kamara in uh, at defensive midfield on a free transfer, really good piece of business. We wrote about him on Liverpool.com a few times as a potential option for Liverpool. I think that was very shrewd. 
Um, Diego Carlos at the back will be very interesting to see how he gets on. He's been a you know a regular for Sevilla for a long time. Um, Leicester, yeah, I have them dropping off a little bit, not too much. Uh, but yeah, it's it's such a kind of melee of teams on a similar level. It's it's hard to know, but that's what I've gone for. No, these all seem like well reasoned. Well thought out picks. You really have learned your lesson from last week. <laughs> Congratulations. <clears throat> ben, are there any of those that you would particularly contest? I think Brighton, I'm not quite convinced by because they've lost Basuma and potentially could still lose Cucurella as well. And they haven't really brought in a lot of signings that have significantly improved the starting 11. And I think their pre season form as well has been a bit hit and miss so far. So. I don't think that, I think they will, don't get me wrong, I think they will get probably a top table, top half finish, but I don't think they'll quite get the European spots. So I think James is not far off there, but I, I, I think it's maybe a slightly bit ambitious. I, I, I tend to slightly agree. I think goals might be still their slight issue. I know that um, Neil Morpé has looked a great striker at times. I just think consistency over a season might he, necessarily he, leave him a bit he's short. someone as well whose his future is in doubt as well at the club well exactly okay so rounding this section off ben you have your middle section to come yeah i've i've gone for brentford 13 so i think they 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 just i think they got a solid squad even without ericsson and i think they will do well wolves 12 12 i think again like they just have a solid team and i think they'll get a mid-table finish i've gone 11th with Brighton um, which yeah for, for the reasons I have said I think they haven't particularly strengthened the squad yet and like we mentioned I think they might struggle for goals uh, on the other hand I think Crystal Palace have strengthened well again and they look like a good side under Vieira so I think they will slightly improve and, and get 10th place and then I've gone ninth uh, with Newcastle because I just think even though they've made some smart signings, they haven't really elevated the quality of the, the starting eleven or the squad really to, I think, a place that would take them to Europe. I think they'll have to wait another season to get to Europe. So I've gone with them for ninth. Eighth, Aston Villa. As James mentioned, they've had a really good transfer window, I think. And uh, Gerard struggled with a, a lot of injuries last season. But I think this time around, uh, he won't have that issue, hopefully. And if he doesn't, then, you know, the likes of Leon Bailey, um, who's done really well in pre-season, will take his his team to the next level. And I, I expect Aston Villa to have a strong season. Mm-hmm. And seventh, I've gone with West Ham, just because I think the signing of Skamaka alone will uh, take them to another level. And I think that they're, they're a solid side now in Europe and... I think they'll show that um, this time around. Well, West Ham one is interesting because a lot, maybe a lot of people haven't seen a lot of Skamaka, but I have, and I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be really good for them. But again, how underrated do you think is keeping hold of Declan Rice? This has been the second summer. It appears like he's been out the door, and yet it looks like they're going to start the season with him still in Claret Blue. And Jared Bowen as well. I I think that's important. Like they've had a good season last season, and they've managed to retain their key players, which I think is really important. Uh, it it kind of shows that their ambition and that they want to 
you know, be a regular in Europe. And I think that's going to be the case. Uh, Moyes has got a good system there. And like I said, Skomaka is only going to improve that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's time for the bit that you've all been waiting for. The top six. <clears throat> the guys who are technically, well, at least maybe two or three of them, will be able to call themselves successful seasons. Let's have a look. I'm going to start, obviously. This is my top six. To start with Manchester United, just because I believe that the moves that they are making is enough for them to tread water. Arsenal have still got in fifth, although I do believe they will be a lot closer. Chelsea, I know a lot of people have said that they're on a bit of a downer this season. I still believe that they've got some good players there. They might also be another cup team. Spurs, they have seemed to upgrade in a way that others haven't, uh, as Ben was saying. So I do think they'll get better. And then the top two will still be the top two and are still the two best teams in the league by quite some distance, if you ask me. The reason why I think that we'll be able to edge Manchester City is I do believe this early part of the season is crucial. And I do think that right now, as we stand, we're a little bit ahead of our, in, our, in terms of our development. I believe the loss of Amaric Laporte maybe to the middle of September might be a big problem for Manchester City. And in this kind of truncated season, I think if we can get a decent lead at the early on, and we're going to have the ability to hold it out. So, optimistic old Mo is going for Liverpool to win the league. Ben, you're probably not surprised at that, are you? No, and I think it's a, it's a fair prediction. Uh, I, I think in terms of the top two, it, it will probably be, again, Liverpool or Manchester City. And then below that, the other four teams, I think any team could finish anywhere really at this stage. It's hard to predict. Obviously, there's still a month to go until the end of the transfer window. I think a lot will depend on how teams will strengthen. Uh, and obviously, a lot can happen in, in a 38-game season. So it is difficult to predict uh, what what will happen. But I think you've made some reasonable uh, predictions there. Well, thank you. No, it did... <laughs> One thing I would say, and I, I take your point about there being a lot of flux between those teams because there's lots of transfers still to come. I think I'm going to rule Man United out and finish in third, though. <laughs> like, like within all of that, I mean, there is something, but yeah, I would definitely rule that out for sure. Um, James, it's your turn. What have you got? Exactly the same. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. I agree with <laughs> everything you said there. Um, I will point out that last season, I was the, the only one on the show to go Man City first and then Liverpool second. Um, so the fact that I've reversed them this season it is perhaps a good sign, given that, you know, I, I am optimistic, but, you know, I would also say I've got a healthy dose of realism. I thought mm. City had the edge last season. It just about transpired that way. And I think that's possibly reversed because of, well, because of the transfer business we've seen, because of, as you say, the different levels of preparation. I mean, these two teams have been so close together for a lot of seasons now, you know, discounting the, the freak season a couple of campaigns ago. Uh, and so, like you say, the, a, a slow start could, could scupper a team in, in the long term in, in the title race. So the fact that, that City are slightly behind in their preparations, I mean, Guardiola has clearly decided that the long-term benefits of giving the players a slightly longer rest outweigh the potential for a slow start. But we, we saw in the Community Shield that these are two teams in slightly different places in their preparations. And if that translates to a couple of dropped results in the first few games for City, then Liverpool are laughing. And 
yeah, I think the standards are going to be so, so high uh, and that, that could make the difference. No, it really could. And I think, like we say, it's really easy to make cases on both sides because they are both very good teams and still very close together. But I, I, I'm choosing the optimistic route with you. I think that you can make a very strong case for that. The Spurs one, I was still very much kind of on the fence between Spurs and Chelsea simply because of football history. I mean, how many times have we seen a Spurs team look good on paper and then be a terrible on the pitch? And I mean, um, Arsenal as well. I had that dilemma too, because they've been having an excellent pre-season. I really like their transfer business. Um, and I was it was weird. I sort of kind of anchored Chelsea in fourth and I couldn't really decide whether to put Spurs third and Arsenal fifth or swap them around. Because mm. I'm pretty sure Chelsea will still get top four. I don't think they'll drop out. Like like you were saying, they've had their struggles. There's maybe a bit of a malaise setting in. But, you know, they were comfortably third best in the league last season. And I think it, it would be unlikely for them to drop out. So it was just a case of whether Spurs or Arsenal will push on more. And, and mm. it was just purely the Conte factor for me. They, they've made signings that are maybe a bit more short term than Arsenal's. But, you know, this prediction is for one season only and this is the season where Conte will be going look I want a challenge for the league title now I'm not necessarily saying he'll hold up that challenge but I, that was enough for me to put them in third and leave Arsenal just missing out again No I agree they, they've given him the tools they've given him the recipe that he would desired he's just got to make a, a nice brew so Ben you, we know that you have the same teams as us in the top six do you have them in the same order? Yeah, I have Tottenham sixth. I, I just think, if you think about Conte and Europe, uh, when he won the league title with Chelsea, Chelsea went in Europe and that was a big advantage to him. Uh, this time around with Champions League football, I just think, even though he strengthened the squad, um, I think Tottenham won't be as good. And uh, even even in terms of the arrivals, I think if you look at the, the players they brought in, yes, they spent a lot of money. But is there anyone who really elevates that starting eleven? And I don't really see it. Richarlison doesn't really get into the starting eleven. Bissouma, perhaps, but he's not a significant improvement in, to their midfield options. And I think the same goes for Perisic. Um, so I think they will do well in Europe, but I think they'll kind of dip in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Chelsea, I, again, I just think, They've struggled a lot in the transfer window. Sterling and Koulibaly are good signings, but if they don't get another centre-back in, then it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an area where they struggle. And, and in terms of depth as well, which I don't think they will add that much to their depth now, uh, that will be, an, I think, an issue for them, uh, especially trying to compete on all four fronts, possibly. Um, and therefore, I have uh, Manchester United as fourth because I've been really impressed with the way Ten Hag has set up this United team. They've they haven't necessarily brought in um, you know spectacular signings, but I think Eriksen is a really smart addition. And I think if if they manage to get rid of Ronaldo and break that shackle, I think there's the potential there for 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 a good team to emerge and a team that will if Ten Hag. Uh, can continue his preseason form. It's a team that will uh, trouble a lot of opponents. And then I have Arsenal third, just because I think it's do or die now for Arteta. He needs to get in the top four, and um, 
I think he strengthened really well. And towards the end of the season, the it wasn't it's, it hasn't just been about pre-season. I think towards the end of the season, Arsenal, even if they they just about missed out on the top four, they they did have a good run. And uh, if they can continue their run in 2022, then I think they will do well in the Premier League. And then again at the top, I just think Manchester City have lost Raheem Sterling already and they've lost a, a lot of key players in the team. Obviously, they brought in Haaland and Phillips and, uh, and Alvarez and I think, yeah, they're, they're good signings, but they will take time to settle and there's rumours of Bernardo Silva possibly leaving, Laporte injured as well until September. So I think Liverpool just edge it for me, even though Sadio Mane has left. I think there's a lot it, 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 for Liverpool. It's just Sadio Mane that they need to replace. Whereas with uh, Manchester City, it's it's a whole host of players, and because of that transition, I think um, yeah, Liverpool will just take take the first spot in the league. Well, no arguments with me about that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> okay, with Arsenal, I think you can definitely say. Uh, that they do look a better team. They do look like they have solved an issue. I'm not necessarily convinced that Gabriel Jesus' preseason form will be a direct indicator of how many goals he's going to score. I do think he'll score more than they got from that position last season. Whether it's enough to fire them into third, I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, but one thing I do want to pick up on, you mentioned uh, Ronaldo. Do you think that Man United can still get top four even if he stays? Well, if if he stays and Ten Hag doesn't have the balls to drop him and he 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 plays every game, then no chance with Ronaldo in the team. There's no chance. I think okay. I, I would then swap uh, Chelsea out and bump Tottenham up to fifth and have United finish sixth at best. If Ronaldo <laughs> stays, I think could, it could even be below that if if they don't if they don't get rid of him. See, this is why I asked the question. I wanted to give you the chance to add that particular caveat because I do think it's important. I do think that we've already seen from last season that Ronaldo's great numbers come at the expense of not at the service of a good football team. So. It's up to you, Ten Hag. The, the, the gauntlet has been laid down. Uh, James, I'll give you a chance to uh, take uh, umbrage with any of what Ben said because he has kind of disagreed with us both here. Yeah, it, it's an interesting set. Um, I, I like that. You could, you know, you can still see it happening. It's not wild. It's. Um, I think Manchester United would bite your hand off for it, but other than that, it's <laughs> it's, it's a reasonable set of picks. Um, I see what you mean about Tottenham, and I think it's a good point to raise in terms of the struggles of competing on multiple fronts. I mm -hmm. certainly had that in mind when I was doing my uh, picks for the slightly lower positions. So that's why one of the reasons I elevated Brighton above your West Ham, for example. They'll have Conference League, I think it is, to uh, mm -hmm. to contend with. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a factor. It, it does make a difference, especially for those teams who aren't necessarily in Europe load, don't have the biggest of squads. Um so, yeah, I, I could see that affecting Tottenham adversely. And I do know what you mean about the signings. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to know how many of them go straight into the first team. I think we will see Perisic in the first team. Whether whether that's a massive improvement, I suppose, that's, you know, we'll find out. But, you know, he is, he is a lot older than he was. Uh, and, you know, Serie A, maybe that gets masked a little bit more than it will in the Premier League. But, you know, he, he's such a quintessential Conte player. I still think he'll be good. I still think he'll... 
it'll elevate the team to a point where they'll be very much knocking on the door of that top four, if nothing else. Um, I like the Arsenal pick, as I say. I was aiming an R-ing. I, I kind of wanted mm. to put them that high, but you just have to ask, well, who are you putting below them? And in the end, I couldn't find enough teams to put below them. Uh, but, but yeah, I could I could easily see it panning out that way. And in mm. some ways, I hope it does. I quite like Arsenal. You know, they've got, got a good bit of history about them. They're playing nice football under Arteta. You know, it's, it's quite a likeable squad as well. Lots of young players. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I could see it, but just for me, they just missed out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Mo. United is the, the most outlandish pick. But, you know, with that Ronaldo caveat, yeah, you can just about see it. Although even if you take him out of the, the, the mixture, I probably still wouldn't have them quite that high. I mean, ben, to be fair, Ben did mention that the transfer window hasn't been that inspiring. But basically, Ten Hag has tried and failed to make Ajax light, which seems like a bit of an odd policy when you're when you're the new Manchester United manager. Um you know, he's, he seems to have control, lots of control. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, time will tell. You know, United were planning to put Rangnick into the consultancy role, weren't they? And much as he wasn't great as a manager, you think maybe that's the sort of role where he, he could have helped them. He is sort of the architect of the Red Bull project, which is obviously mm-hmm. very successful, but he's gone to manage Austria. So now we just do have another manager, essentially, given free reign. That hasn't necessarily worked particularly well since the days of Sir Alex Ferguson. So... Yeah, I, I don't think they've got their act together behind the scenes. And however good Ten Hag turns out to be as a manager, I think that could be their downfall. Mm, I agree. Uh, in as much as it looks like Arsenal and Purs in particular have identified their problems and attempted to fix them, Man United have just, they've just done what they always seem to do at the moment, which is just do something completely different over there and hope that you forget about all the things over there. By the way, they are still, as we speak, trying to sign Frankie de Jong. More on that if they ever do it. But there you have it. We have all put our put our keys on the table, so to speak. We have showed you our wares. These are the teams as we believe they will end up next year at this time in May. We're all looking forward to a Premier League title parade for Liverpool. Um, I'm not going to ask you how many other trophies and where they are going to go, but if it goes as any of us predict, then it looks like it's going to be a fantastic season. For all of you watching now, particularly those of you who heavily disagree, I want to see your teams in the comments. Yes, I know it'll take a long time. It doesn't matter. We'll read them all. James, Ben, it's been a fantastic show. It's been everything I wanted it to be. And I cannot wait till May till we get to decide how wrong Ben was. Thank you for joining us. And to all you out there, we'll see you again. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.